All right. Good morning. Good to see you all. Let's sing our song to the Lord. Here we go. Nano bistamine domine. Nano bistamine. Sed nomini, sed nomini, tuo da gloriam. Non obis domine domine, non obis domine, sed nomini. Senomini tuo da gloria. Amen. Have a seat. All right, I got a lot to talk to you guys about this morning, but before we begin, let's do some announcements regarding athletics. Here we go, Mrs. Martin and Baby Martin. So excited to do announcements with me. <laughs> um, let me start first with the middle school girls basketball team who had a win against Green Valley on Friday. <laughs> they have their last game this week um, tomorrow against Gateway School. That's their last game. <clears throat> Our cross country team had a meet on Thursday and For girls, Alex Paradiso got second place. (laughs) They have their last meet this Saturday um, down at Toro Park in Salinas. And and our high school girls volleyball team had a win against Monterey Bay Academy this week. (laughs) Super exciting game. I was very sorry to miss it, but I heard all about it, and I was very sorry I missed it. Um, they have a game on Thursday against Basis um, High School over in San Jose. So they have a couple weeks left of their season. And you know what's coming in a couple weeks. Boys basketball is coming. First week of November. <laughs> Thank you, Mrs. Martin. Yeah, that, that uh, volleyball game was so stressful. It was it was awesome, but it was like it was back and forth. Um, okay, with other announcements, here's Mrs. O'Donnell for fundraising. Okay, some of you guys are going to be really happy with me and what I have to say, and some of you guys are going to be like, "Oh." So last week was a weird, funky week with all the power outages, right? And all of your parents got a notification that we extended your drive for schools tickets till today. So the good news is we're going to send out like a Facebook blast reminding everybody if you haven't turned it in by 3 o'clock today, bring in all of your tickets. If your parents drive up and pick up line, say, Mom, Dad, do you have my drive for schools tickets? We have to turn them in today, okay? Because we extended the deadline because we were all kind of wonky last week. But that means that today I don't have any announcements for the winners, right? So if you did a really good job last week and you hustled and you turned in your tickets and you were so excited to hear the winner today, I'm really sorry. 
We're going to wait and count them all up tomorrow and turn in all of our tickets, and we'll announce the big winners and also announce how much we raised as a school next Monday. Okay? Yeah, last week was was a fun week. I'm sure we all remember that. Um, all right, last announcement, house points. Here we go. Leadership team. In fourth place at 2,645 points is Aquinas. In third place with 3,220 points is George. And in second place at 4,345 points is Augustine. And that means at 5,005 points, we're still on top, guys. Calvin. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys. That was, uh, all right. That was good. Good to know that George is in third. Hopefully this talk will inspire the Georgians to um, do better. Okay, let's begin. I'm kind of doing this every time now, just so we get it in our heads. Let's read this together, just the whole thing. The path to wisdom and eloquence is found in cheerful obedience. And how I rightly honor you and you me is in showing biblical courtesy. But taking care of things is not as easy as it looks. It lies not merely in books. Let God's praise be like honey on my lip. My hand to practice godly stewardship. Thank you. Um, which, by the way, I will say we had some we had some stewardship over the we- over this last weekend. And if if you guys go out to the kindergarten playground, you'll see that all of the rubber has been replaced with nice new wood chips, uh, which is much much better for everybody. So um, we do we're seeing that. Okay, recap. Remember, I talked about law of God. It illumines. It's it is a lamp. It's, it's not a burden. It's actually a lamp. Leads to freedom. Obedience and doing good makes you free. You're not free if you're doing the wrong thing. It's written on our hearts as Christians. It confirms our identity as holy people. It's rooted in relationship. It's not arbitrary or random. God says, this is who I am and this is who you are. And this is how you ought to live because I made you. And it makes clear the duty placed upon us in the virtue of pietas, piety, which is devotion to God, parents, and traditional norms. Really quick, piety in scripture. Paul says in Timothy, I desire, therefore, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in high station, 
that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all piety and chastity. Chastity is purity. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior. That word piety in Greek is eusebia. Everybody say eusebia. I, I gave you an example of this in the story of... Do you remember who this is? Who is that? <laughs> okay, they're in there. Merrick. Aeneas. This is Aeneas. And who does he have on his shoulders? His dad. Because he is pious. He is not leaving his dad behind in, when, the, when the city of Troy is burning. He's making sure to carry his dad on his shoulders because his dad can't run fast. This is, this is honoring his father. Um, his, he also says, I'm not going to touch our, uh, our, our house gods because I am bloodied from battle. He, is, he understands sacred things. And so he refrains from touching that and tells his dad to grab those things. Um, and then he has a son by his hand who is, whose name is Ulysses. Um, his father's name is Anchises, by the way. So there's going to be a test on this. Anchises and Ulysses and Aeneas. And there's his wife as well. So he's taking the responsibility. That's kind of what we're seeing with piety. It, it doesn't shirk responsibility. It, it takes it on. It understands that we're made to carry certain things for each other. Um, it's kind of the virtue of the fifth commandment. It's the duty, love, respect owed to God, parents, Communal authorities, past and present. Past, not just present as well. Um, and it's the instinct, it's like an instinct of reverence in the soul. If you have a hard time being serious about things, you're not pious. If you have a hard time being, um, knowing when to be reverent, knowing when to honor things, you're not pious, right? If you are flippant and you joke about things that you know you shouldn't joke about, you're not pious, let me give you some other examples from stories in the past. This is Penelope. Does anybody know who she is? No? Libby? Wife of whom? Odysseus, yes. She had a hard go of it for a good 20 years. <laughs> she was... Uh, she knew that her husband went off to war, and he didn't want to go, but he was kind of forced to go, uh, if you remember the story. Um, Odysseus had to go fight in the, in the Battle of uh, Troy, right, where the Greeks destroyed Troy. Um, but he was gone for 10 years, and he was frustrated on his journey in, on the way back for another 10 years. So she didn't see her husband for 20 years. But you know what? She did not give up. She did not, she was not unfaithful. She was faithful to the end. And you have this picture here that shows her at her loom. Do you know what a loom is? What is a loom? Yes, Bella. Yeah, you make, yeah, that's good. You make these big blankets or carpets and it, and it, there's, there's a, a way of, it's a way of weaving things all together. And, and doing patterns. And Penelope was alone for a long time. And um, a lot of, uh, after a while, 
a lot of suitors came and wanted to ask her to marry them. And she refused, and she, and she made up this excuse. She says, I will not marry anyone until I finish my loom. But the secret was that every night she would undo her loom. Every every night she would do this so that no progress was being made because she wanted to be faithful to her husband, who eventually did return. So there's a happy ending there. Who's this? Daniel. Yeah, Daniel in the lion's den. Um, Daniel's thrown into the lion's den for doing what? That's right, praying to God. For being pious. Daniel was pious. He would would not refuse to be God honoring. He he would not stop praying. He would not stop his devotion to God even when he was threatened with his life. And God sent an angel to stop the mouths of the lions, right? These are these are the stories we find in in scripture and in myth. But I want to transition to another story. Before we do that, this is the last story we're going to think about. Just want to remind you, why does piety matter so much? <clears throat> because while we while authority matters, we live in a fallen world where sin and rebellion cause strife. And piety was seen for both pagans and Christians as a way back to healing that strife caused by our sin. It starts with the worship of God and turning our hearts back to our fathers and then healing the relationship between us. Sin causes a problem between people and piety heals that. But piety is not weakness. Paul says, fight the good fight. And that Greek word fight is agonitsu. Like agony, like struggle. Agonitsu agona. Everybody say agonitsu agona. That's fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Jesus says, he reminds us, life is a, is a struggle, you guys. It's not easy. Life has suffering. And that's one of the most remarkable things about the Christian faith is that we can know God in suffering. God is known through trial. He says, in this world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The last story I want to leave you with is a story of a saint that you should all know well. Okay? And this is going to introduce the theme of Reformation Day this year. Our theme is Warriors of the Faith. So as we go through these things throughout this these next few weeks, you could be thinking of, of how your costumes might reflect one of these characters. Okay. Okay. Riker knows. <laughs> um... Who do you think this is? Anybody want to venture a guess? Louisa, way in the back. Saint George. Yes. 
Saint Jorge. Um, Saint George, just to remind you, was a Roman officer living in the third century. He was of Greek descent from Cappadocia. He was tortured for his faith and martyred in one of the pre-Constantinian persecutions under Diocletian. That's really why he became a saint. But we know of St. George and the Dragon probably more than we know about his martyrdom. He is the patron saint of England. There we see him trampling on the serpent. He's known most for slaying the dragon of Silene in Libya. And as the story goes, um, there was a dragon in the land. And it was uh, constantly frustrating their, their parties and their solemn feasts. And eventually the people of the land had to start feeding the dragon to pacify it. Two sheep a day. That gets expensive. But that wasn't enough. After a while, the king got so desperate because they ran out of food that he ended up having everybody scratch their names on pieces, uh, on on, uh, shards of pottery and put it into a big jar. And eventually somebody was going to have to be the victim. This is bad. Bad news. Um, now, as a Roman soldier and as a as a as one who knew how to fight, he was he heard about this, and he went to rescue the people. And this story is recounted most beautifully in the story of uh, the Fairy Queen, which is a long poem that talks about it, uh, where there was a princess who was eventually being offered up to this dragon. The princess's name was Una. And he displays piety both in his respect for her and how he treats her. and becomes kind of the model of like the, the chivalric knight of the Middle Ages. J- George becomes like this perfect icon of how to both uh, defend the defenseless and be courteous and kind to ladies. He did eventually end up taking her hand. But this is a great story because it reminds us of the story of Jesus in the Bible. Jesus defeats Satan through his death on the cross and his resurrection. And then it's, it's said that Jesus, in the word it says, Jesus takes his bride. Who is his bride? The church. The church is his bride. So Jesus fights the dragon kills the dragon and takes the bride. Marries, marries the bride, right? Rescues the bride. That's us, by the way. The church. We, need res- we needed rescuing. So, in the story of the fairy queen, George defeats the dragon through the power of Christ. He almost dies at one point. On the third day, actually. Which is significant, right? And he comes back um, and God gives him strength to slay the dragon. This is now big. There's tellings about how big this dragon was, but I think this dragon was pretty big. I think it was. Some say it was as big as a mountain. I don't know if it was that big, but I think it was pretty big. Now the pictures that you see here don't show him being that big. Yes. 
you don't believe in dragons. All right, we'll have to come back to that. Um, dragons, guys, every culture on the world, on the face of the world, believe has, has stories and tales of dragons. So, But we'll come back to this. Um, it's all, dragons are also in the Bible, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> and giants. Here's what you maybe don't know. Okay, last, last shh, focus. This is kind of a, a gnarly image, I know. Here's, here's what you maybe don't know about the rest of the story of St. George. We love the story of him defeating the dragon and rescuing the princess. We often forget that he was a martyr. That means he was tortured for Christ. It means he gave his life in persecution um, without recanting his faith, without uh, denying Christ. St. George would, in this way, defeat another dragon and the satanic persecution of Diocletian, a Roman emperor in the 3rd century, late 3rd century. He died as a martyr, remaining faithful and pious to the end. And here's what I think is remarkable about this, is that he conquered the dragon in his death. So this is why he's such an amazing um, uh, image, an icon of of not just godliness and piety, but of the story of Christ redeeming his people. Um, and so I want you guys to be thinking of uh, these, should, these should be part of our mental furniture these kinds of stories because they inspire us and they give us a vision of what, what is, a, is a truly good life a truly good life is not necessarily a life of, is not a life of pleasure a truly good life is not just a life of having a lot of stuff a truly beautiful and good life is, is a life that follows the life of Christ. And we see that in St. George. All right, let's pray, and you guys can be on your way. Father, thank you again for this day, for this week. We pray that you would help us to have the vision uh, of, of what it means to follow you, Lord, and to, and to have stories and images in our heads of uh, piety, being acted out, faithfulness, um, when it gets hard, Lord. Um, we pray that you would give us the strength to be faithful. You, we pray that you would help us to be pious, to be reverent for the things that need reverence. Um, and Lord, for us to honor you in everything we do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>